nothing pisses me, me off more than waking up with a fucking headache. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're probably like, bitch, I wake up with a headache every day. <laughs> Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Jess. And this is a short and sweet episode for you guys, mainly because I feel fucking terrible. Yeah, it might be a little sour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling moody too. Like, I'm in all black right now too. I feel like my outfit matches my mood. Yeah, no makeup, hair not done, just a whole vibe right now that's happening. But um, this episode is going to be all about shit they don't tell you about chronic illness. Um, I put up a story poll actually on my Instagram when we thought of this episode idea. Actually, it was Haley's idea, so I will give her credit for that. Um, And put up a story poll on Instagram just because I'm curious what other people had to say about it too, obviously, because... I mean, I have my views of shit they don't tell you, but I was curious about the chronic illness community and what they thought as well. So thank you to everybody who posted something on that. I will definitely share your responses as well. Um, But I think I'll start out by just saying my main thing. Yeah. That they don't fucking tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I guess my experience with this and what I'm thinking of off the top of my head right now is thinking back to like sitting in the doctor's office realizing that like chronic illness is what I'm being diagnosed with right Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah that's what's going on here you go but they don't tell you that like it's going to seriously affect your lifestyle and like everything that you currently have going on in life Mm -hmm. because like most people they go to the doctor they get a diagnosis they figure you know month max until you're like better well and they like put you on a medication yeah 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 and so that's kind of what everybody assumes is gonna happen Mm -hmm. I mean I'm like oh a month I'll be back to my normal self and it'll all be good and they act like they have like they're gonna be able to do that like they have this even figured out yeah exactly nobody knows what they're doing no no one knows what the fuck they're doing out here so yeah that's the first first one for you of shit they don't tell you is they don't tell you that your chronic illness is something you're going to be living with the rest of your life something that's going to severely affect every little thing that you do in your life yeah like disclaimer this is a life-changing moment yes life-changing diagnosis that's something that they should say when they give it to you is that like your life will not be the same from this point forward that's depressing I get it. Maybe they don't want to say that. But like, let's just be upfront and honest here. Don't just like put a Band-Aid on it and like kiss it and tell me it's going to be better. Like be upfront about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's really like my main big thing mm-hmm. of shit they don't tell you. Um, and this, would you say like even when you got diagnosed from your LLMD, that she like didn't really give you the full scope of what this life was going to be like or was this like early on so i'm thinking more early on um because my llmd she was actually great during my first appointment mm-hmm. i honestly pretty much had it figured out by the time i found her yeah like, you're like that's why i'm here yeah like i was going to an llmd for them to be like yes you do have 
tick-borne illness, just like you have been thinking that you did Mm -hmm. because, you know, no other doctor had pinpointed that yet. Um, So I will say when I did go to her, she was a blessing. And actually when she gave me like the diagnosis of the multiple different ones, she literally was like, yeah, no wonder you feel like shit every day. No wonder you look like you're like half dead right Mm -hmm. now because you got a lot of fucking shit in you. Like you're really fucking sick. Yeah. And I just remember being like, oh my God, thank you so much. Yeah. Like, can I hug you? Yeah. (laughs) Because like you just get, it's just so downplayed, right? The whole time. And they're like, oh no, like you'll be fine if you just take this prescription medication for three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I will say she was a blessing, but most doctors, yeah, they don't, they don't tell you how it is. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, so based on the responses that I did get from people on Instagram, the first one actually is um, this girl commented, your whole life will change. Yeah. And then she put like forever. Yeah. That's <laughs> so like yeah, exactly literally the exact same thing I just mm-hmm. said. But I just wanted to note that because somebody else is saying the exact same fucking thing I just said. Um, this girl wrote too much brain fog. Which, yeah, I think brain fog is something that's not talked about um, in the correct way, to be honest. Uh So I see, I don't know about you, but I see the term brain fog all the time on the internet. I've seen it like pretty often. Yeah. Like people are hungover and they're like, oh, I got such brain fog today. And I'm like, yeah, because you gave it to your fucking self. Yeah. Like (laughs) this is self-induced brain fog. Like you don't get to call it brain fog when it's self-induced. It's a a hangover. Let's be real. (laughs) It's not brain fog. It's a hangover. (laughs) Like go fuck yourself. (laughs) But like brain fog is obviously a serious thing that you deal with. I'm dealing with it right now while recording this episode. Yeah. I'm probably not going to remember anything that I'm saying in this episode after we record. So yeah, that's always fun. Um, Another girl said that it's incurable and untreatable. Some percentage of improvement is possible. Even if a hundred percent better isn't. Oh yeah. Yeah. So some percentage of improvements possible, but you can't get to a hundred percent. That's also something they don't fucking tell you. Well, and that's so (laughs) interesting too, because Like, that just seems like such an odd concept. Like, it's really hard to kind of wrap your head around the fact that you have this illness, but it is literally incurable. Mm -hmm. You're going to have it forever. And I feel like I wonder if that's why they don't acknowledge these things as much, because they simply can't, like, find a solution for it. I don't know. I think that there's an issue with the medical world. Um, Not all doctors. I'm just... Like, I just want to put that out there. There's great doctors out there that don't think this way. But I think the majority of the medical community, doctors want to be the person that gives you the answers, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you get diagnosed with a chronic illness. Your doctor doesn't want you to think that you're never going to be better because Mm -hmm. then you're going to think that they're not a good doctor, right? So, I think that they get intimidated by chronic illness and they're like, well, like, we're not going to tell you that for the rest of your fucking life, you're going to have days where you feel like shit. Yeah. We're going to tell you, but we'll try this. And then hopefully that'll make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking like, okay, we're going to try this and I'm going to be better. Well, you know what I and mean? And your whole thing, your whole journey with treating your chronic illness has been trying things in hopes to feel better too. Yeah. Like just a little bit better. And it's all, 
like experimental almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like even bee venom therapy. Yeah. You're going to start. It's crazy to think about that. Um, I think a lot of people who don't have chronic illness look at someone like me who's trying all of these different treatments. Um, and they think that like, maybe I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing them correctly or like something because they're not working, but it's like, they are working. This is an incurable illness. It's just literally, I can't cure this. Like I just, like the girl said before, like it's a certain percentage of improvement that I'm getting from each treatment. It's not a hundred percent. Like I'm not going to be trying something for like my cure. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying it so that I have a chance of feeling a little bit better than how I feel now. Yeah. You're managing your symptoms. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> managing and slightly improving. <laughs> um, this girl also said the first diagnosis is usually the tip of the iceberg. I think that's a really, really good one that she said. Um, because if you've ever known somebody with a chronic illness, they don't usually have only one diagnosis. They have a shit ton of diagnoses. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So can you repeat that? Because I'm saying, thinking like the tip of the iceberg is like the top. Right? Well, she's saying the first diagnosis is usually the tip of the iceberg. I think of that as like the um like the start. Okay. But you think of it as like the top. I thought about it the other way. Well, I guess it could go I guess we were both explaining it in a way that could make sense because I'm thinking like the beginning where you're thinking like the top, but that's kind of the same thing because if you think about I'm thinking like I get do- diagnosed with tick-borne illness. And then I find all of these other diagnoses mm-hmm. like mast cell activation syndrome and mold toxicity. Mm-hmm. Technically, those are all something that's happening because of like the tick yeah. illness. So like that makes sense. Like yeah. both ways. Yeah. Well, because I think about it like you've gone through all of these symptoms. And when you finally get a diagnosis, it's like the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's like there's so much under the surface yeah. that most people don't probably know before you get diagnosed you know what I mean yeah because it takes people so long to get diagnosed it too. does like really what does. I was thinking about Gigi did it take her a really long time to get diagnosed I'm I can't I remember rem- now I don't remember either yeah off the top of my head yeah but I feel like I feel like she mentioned that she was dealing with it when she was younger yeah but I can't remember what age she got diagnosed yeah she's a little bit younger than us too so yeah. I don't know um and then another response that I got was, um, instead of waking up happy for another day, you'll be angry because you woke up. <laughs> that is so fucking relatable. I love that one because I literally do have days where I wake up and I'm just like, can I just like go back to sleep? Can I just like skip this fucking day? Because you wake up and you, when you first wake up, you pretty much know what your day is going to like feel like Mm -hmm. because I feel like whatever you feel like in that moment you wake up is pretty much that's how terrible you feel during the day (laughs) and so I'll definitely wake up and be like I feel like shit Mm -hmm. this day is gonna fucking suck Mm -hmm. just let me go back to sleep just let me like fast forward like a whole two days in hopes that like I can feel better again yeah (laughs) that is so fucking true nothing pisses me, me off more 
than waking up with a fucking headache. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you're probably like, bitch, I wake up with a headache every day. <laughs> so. Oh, God. Um, I also think it's like some you can think about people wake up in the morning and they're like, yeah, like I'm going to kick this day's ass. Mm-hmm. Or like, I fucking got this. I can't tell you the last time I ever fucking woke up and like said something even remotely close to that. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like when you even get like that, it's like random spurts throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have like an hour where I'll feel like less pain or like less whatever symptoms I'm experiencing and I'll feel a little bit good and I'll be like, holy shit. And I'll just have this hour where I'm like, okay fuck yeah like let's do this and then get dressed take photos like (laughs) (laughs) exactly and then it all just comes crashing down again so you can't you can't really um plan around it which that's something that i don't fucking tell you that's some shit that they don't fucking tell you that you can't plan around your illness literally will not be able to plan around your chronic illness it will hit you different severities at different times of the day of the week and it's just all fucked. <laughs> um, another person shared, you lose the life you thought you'd have, but better things will come. And I like that one a lot, too, um, because, yes, when I got diagnosed, everything that I had worked for and that I had like built up in my life at that moment all came fucking crashing down because it was not sustainable with a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. It was 22-year-old, all the energy in the world, very athletic me's life that I was living. And yeah, just didn't work out like that anymore. But at the same time, I've always told people there's a lot of good that's came out of my lifestyle now and like what I've done now with my life. So it's like not all, it's not all bad. It's not all terrible. It's not all negative. It sucks a lot of the fucking time. But, I mean, I've had great things like meeting the entire chronic illness community. I've made some great friends Mm -hmm. through that. So, like, that's a huge positive. I've had crazy cool opportunities come up for, like, work and stuff now. Um, Literally because I had to leave my old job and start over. But, yeah. So, I think it's important just to remember that, like, a lot of shit will be destroyed. You'll lose a lot of things. But I always like to think of it as like life is redirecting you. You know, you built up all of this stuff pre-chronic illness that you thought you were supposed to be doing the way that you thought you were supposed to be living. And then your body was just not able to handle it. Mm-hmm. You had this other shit going on. And then now you're just being redirected. So it's just blowing up all of those things that you weren't supposed to be doing in life. Yeah, I kind of have a qu- deep question for you. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're just talking about like 22 year old you full of energy. And I'm thinking about like myself at 22 or 21 or 19. And like, I feel like I am in a better mental state now than I was when I was a teenager or like early 20s. But I know since you have a chronic illness, I'm kind of curious do you feel like your mental state is better now? Like, where you are even with your chronic illness than it was when you were in your early 20s before your diagnosis? Um, That's a really hard question. Yeah. I, I don't know if my mental state is better. I think 
I'm better equipped to handle my like mental state. Does yeah. that make sense? Well, you're more mature, so that yeah. Yeah, because like I don't think I've ever had a really really bad mental state um besides when I was living in mold. <laughs> that shit was crazy. But other than that, like when I was younger, I think I I I don't know, at least in my experience, maybe we shouldn't ask my ex-boyfriends, but uh, <laughs> I thought I was pretty like balanced mentally. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Um but there was times where like I felt really out of control when like things would go wrong or like I would get sad or I'd get mad. Mm-hmm. I would like sort of like have these like spiral feelings where I still have those now. Obviously, I think everybody does when shit doesn't go their way or like bad things happen or yeah. like trauma. Um, but I think now I just I know what to do in those moments to like get myself past them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. I think about those super fucking dramatic like moments when we were younger, like the spirals. It's just so funny to think about. Like one specifically? Are you thinking of one of of me specifically? No, not of you. Of me (laughs) multiple times. I'm just thinking about my overdramatic ass. Yeah. (laughs) Dramatic ass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you, it is part of, like, getting more mature, right? When, yeah. Like, you're less dramatic with yeah. things. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, okay. Another share from somebody. Shit they don't tell you about chronic illness is that making it to the grocery store feels like the biggest win of them all. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I definitely feel like that's you. Okay. I used to love grocery shopping. Okay. I still like grocery shopping the concept of it I enjoy the physical actually having to do it is so exhausting to me now just driving to the store having to get out of the car having to go inside hoping you don't see anybody you know because you didn't put on any makeup or like even try because you're literally just going to be out of the house for 30 minutes and then having to walk around the store and find all of the items in like unload them from the car yeah like put them in the car and then unload them at like the check dude area like and then yeah fucking take them to the car and pack your car and then get in and come all the way back home unload them again (sighs) i wish them all away i wish i was sponsored by instacart because this would be a perfect time for an ad instacart if you're listening please reach out to me (laughs) (laughs) i will do ads for you all day long uh but seriously though like it's hard to go do things like that when you have a chronic illness because you feel like shit and you don't want to have to go be in a social setting and like do honestly grocery shopping is like physical labor let's be real at least for me it is well honestly after you said all that I'm like damn you do have to like unload and load (laughs) your groceries way too many times in this grocery store nearby they don't load them into the grocery cart for you I know I noticed that it's really rude (laughs) It sucks, like, going by yourself. I'm, like, so awkward at the checkout, too. I'm, like, sorry. I'm just going to take fucking forever, I feel like. Like, can somebody do this for me? If you want me out of here faster, you should have somebody put this shit in my cart for me. Please. Um, Okay, so this girl, I love this. So shit they don't tell you about chronic illness. She wrote, it fucking blows. (laughs) Feel ya. Yeah. Thank you for that one. That's just straight to the point and honest. Um, And then the last one that I got, shit they don't tell you about chronic illness is how much you're going to spend on your protocols. 
aka medications and treatments and all of that shit. Okay, I got like a lot more while I was sitting here actually. So <laughs> I guess yeah. I have a few more to share. Um, but yeah, shit they don't tell you is how much chronic illness fucking costs. Like, oh my fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> it Yeah. Like, I don't even know like, I how just, you manage. I don't even think people know like the true extent to it. Um, <laughs> unless you're the one paying it. Dude. Oh my God. I feel like that could be impactful if somebody were to make... I'll tell you this behind the scenes so nobody steals this idea. Yeah, Never don't mind. steal our fucking ideas, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like my – so I got an idea of what my first appointment with my LLMD was going to cost because they told me on the phone beforehand. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first appointment cost – let's see. I'll just give you guys a rough idea of how painful this was. So I started seeing my LLMD. The first appointment just to walk in and talk to her was $500 out of pocket. Just for you guys to Just to tell her all of your symptoms. Just to tell me, just not even testing, just to walk in there and like tell her all of my symptoms. $500. Um, Insurance does not cover anything to do with LLMDs. Just a heads up. So all out of pocket. Um, That was the first appointment. And then she gave me a bunch of tests to do, right? Those tests, let's see. I think my all of my testing I did with her, which was mold toxicity, um, all of the tick-borne illnesses, um, a lot of other random fucking testing that I can't think of right now. Mm-hmm. I want to say my tick-borne illness testing just by itself was $2,500 out of pocket. What? Yeah. Um... And oh yeah, could you imagine Actually, if STD kidding. tests cost that much? Just kidding. It was three thousand dollars out of pocket oh because God. I did two different tests. One was twenty five hundred and one was five hundred. So three thousand dollars out of pocket for the tick-borne illness testing. Um, the mold toxicity testing I think was like two hundred and fifty dollars out of pocket. Um, and then a lot of other random little charges. On top of that, for the other little tests, little blood tests. Um, So that my second appointment was when I reviewed all the results and like got on a treatment plan. And bought all your supplements. So that appointment was $350 to walk into. She sent me home with a shit ton of supplements. And I think the supplements for that second appointment cost me about, I want to say... 2700 oh my god for that first appointment and i had to see that llmd once a month Mm -hmm. and restock my supplements once a month so for a whole year i paid i think it went down to 250 a visit damn so 250 and then a restock of all my supplements every time i saw her which was about two thousand dollars every time so i was spending about three thousand dollars once a month for a whole year. Yeah. Thank- and that's on not like not including all of these different groceries and food oh, yeah. restrictions let's, that you have. Let's talk about the fucking organic food lifestyle that you get put on too. And yeah. like non-toxic products. You have to throw away all your fucking shampoos and conditioners and soaps and mm-hmm. body washes and laundry soaps and buy all yeah. new non-toxic yeah. everything. Yeah. All organic food, yeah. which you know 
makes your groceries like three times as fucking much. Totally. Yeah. Not to mention that when I got diagnosed with mold toxicity, she literally told me to throw every single one of my belongings away and start over. Are you kidding me? You're like, I'm keeping a couple of these bad. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm not married to LeBron James. (laughs) Like, who's going to fucking afford to be able to do that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's absolutely insane. Like, to think about all of these costs adding up and then over and over. Because, like, you consider how much money somebody makes in a month working full time. And, like, it's, like, you don't have anybody else contributing or to support you. Yeah. So, it's, like, how are you even supposed to live? Yeah. And it literally got to the point where I could not. So, I had a great paying job at the time that I was diagnosed. So, for that full year, I made it work because I had a great full-time job. But then I got so... 